Thank you for joining us here on the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our study of Philippians chapter 3, where Paul calls on the Philippians to observe those who walk according to Paul's pattern. Not only Paul's pattern, but also those of his companions. He said, For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Was Paul the Apostle an example? Oh, he certainly was. Paul, when he was in Ephesus, used himself as an example in instructing the leaders of the church there on how they ought to behave. He called for the elders of the church to meet with him, a Miletus, on the coast. And at that meeting he said, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands, referring to his own hands, ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. The only reason Paul could say that to them, that they ought to be working for a living and giving instead of getting, is that he was the example for them. We read in Acts chapter 18, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and there he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. And it said Paul stayed and worked with them. They were tent makers, and he was a tent maker. And Paul supported himself there in Corinth, preached on the weekends, went into the synagogue and talked to people there in the marketplace. And that's how the church at Corinth was founded. Paul was always an example. His ministry did not depend upon how much support people gave him. There were very few who gave him any support. But the Philippian church was the one church that did support him in part. Oh, I guess we should say they didn't support him. They sent him gifts. Paul supported himself. And so he could be that kind of an example. Now, if we looked around today and applied what Paul said in Philippians, that they should mark those who follow his example and who use Paul as a pattern then we wouldn't be marking very many men in this world because not many men conduct their ministry like Paul the Apostle did. There are good men who are teaching the Word of God, but many of them are victims of the tradition of the day. The religious system of this day tells men that if they aren't supported, they don't preach for Christ, and that if they do preach for Christ, they should be supported. That was not Paul's motivation. He determined that he could do nothing other than preach Christ. Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. That was his attitude. Paul was in Corinth for two years. It tells us in chapter 19, verse 10, 
This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So Paul was a man who could say, do what I do. Do what I did. You saw my example, you follow my example if you want to conduct a ministry for Jesus Christ. Now, there not only were few examples of how to preach the gospel 1900 years ago, there were many bad examples. Verses 18 and 19 bring that out. He said, many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. That's interesting. He said there were many people like that who were bad examples. Were they in the church? Were they believers? Or were they non-believers? Well, Paul said that they cause him to weep. Would Paul weep for non-church people? Paul ignored the behavior of men of the world but he was very concerned about those who called themselves brothers. So I'm led to believe that these people were in the church and they were really living as enemies of Christ. We need not be concerned about people who are not believers, but we do need to be concerned about those who come to the church, who claim to be believers. Paul took that at heart in regard to the Corinthian church. He wrote to them in 1 Corinthians 5 and said, I wrote to you not to associate with a so-called brother if he should be an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? So I think here his reference in Philippians Chapter 3, verse 18, concerning the enemies of Christ, are people who are in the church. They are not living right. And when people don't live right, when they live for this world, they make a mockery of the Christian faith. Now, since Paul wept over them, I assume that they were in the church. Whether real believers or not, they at least were professing Christians, and Paul was distressed. When he wrote, Many walk. He refers to their conduct. In verse 17, he used the same word. Verse 17 said, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Was Paul surprised to learn of such people? Well, the opening clause of verse 18 has the words, Of whom I often told you. Such people were common. Yes, they were common in that first century. And he warned new believers that many walked to satisfy their appetites, and few walked like Paul did. He describes them with five statements. First of all, he describes them as the enemies of the cross of Christ. Secondly, he said their end is destruction. Third, their God is their appetite. Fourth, their glory is their shame. And fifth, their minds are on earthly things. What weakens the church of Jesus Christ? I think it's bad examples and having too few role models. Since Paul said there were many of these bad examples, they must have been in the majority. Now, how were they enemies? 
How can I be an enemy of the cross? At the beginning of chapter 3, he warned about legalists in verses 2 and 3. He said, Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Well, those people who were enemies in that part of the chapter promoted external things, circumcision, worship in form and ritual, glorying in their self-righteous religious practices, and they had confidence in the flesh, meaning what they could do for God by human means. Verse 3 there tells how the true believer should be. He worships God in the spirit and has no confidence in the flesh. Now, they were enemies of the cross by denying that the cross was enough for salvation. They were not satisfied that the death of Christ was sufficient to satisfy the Father. Now, those in verses 18 and 19, who Paul refers to as enemies, were enemies by not controlling their appetites. They confused liberty with license, and they went out and did anything they wanted to do, claiming they had liberty to do that. There were such people on the island of Crete, and Paul was very concerned about them. He said in Titus chapter 1, verse 10, For there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. Even one of their own prophets had said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. The epistle of Jude also talks about such persons who lived for the flesh, who were ashamed to the faith. In verse 4 of Jude, we read, For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. A 5th century Greek poet known Euripides wrote about Greeks who followed a very corrupt lifestyle. Their goal in life was pleasure. And the philosopher Epicurus is traced as the founder of that kind of a life. We call people who live for pleasure Epicureans. And Paul described them in verse 19 of Philippians chapter 3, he said, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Listen to what Euripides wrote about such people. My flocks, which I sacrifice to no one but myself and not to the gods, and to this my belly, the greatest of the gods. For to eat and to drink each day, and to give oneself no trouble, this is the God for the wise men. In Philippians 3.20, Paul writes, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also 
we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul here is contrasting those whose God is their belly with those who worship God in the Spirit and look forward to the next life. Believers should be waiting for the Savior. They have confidence in his return. That's going to be a dramatic event when he appears. If you are a believer depending only on his cross work, then there is a certain change to come in your future, as Paul writes. He will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. I want to say more about that in our next program. Because you listen to this Bible teaching program, you may be interested in hearing the cassette tapes of the most popular of all the courses I taught on the LSU campus. It's called Understanding the New Testament, and it contains 15 hours of the most significant topics in the Bible. Many who listen to this course on tape claim that it opened the Word of God to them in a new way for a number of reasons. First of all, understanding the New Testament defines key words. It presents a comparison of the four major ages of law, grace, the coming tribulation, and the promised kingdom of Christ. It also discusses the three major themes in the Bible and explains why salvation in the Old and New Testaments is by one way only. No book or tapes contain all this surprising material. This 10-tape course will also distinguish the teachings of Jesus to the church from those teachings he gave to the Jews in the Gospels. Our brochure teaching tapes will tell you how to order understanding the New Testament. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.